Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Welcome to episode 205 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon. Today I'm recording this on a Monday. It's going to be airing this upcoming Wednesday. So if you're listening to this, I only recorded it a couple days ago. And I just wrapped up my second feminine surrender. And I believe my sixth retreat in doing in just a little over a year. Yeah, so I started doing retreats, quickly, quickly fell in love, ended up doing a whole bunch, and this last retreat that I did over the weekend, I have to say, whoa, it was amazing, it really was, and and I, oh God, every single one is so amazing, and every single group is so divinely coordinated, I know that you know, there's an application process and we get on Skype and we get to know each other and I do hand select who I want to come to each retreat. So partly I am planning this. Also though, the people who come to these retreats, they're the ones reaching out first. I choose from the group of people who apply, who I think is going to be a wonderful fit for the retreat, but it is something much bigger than me that is planting the seed in each one of the, these women's brains saying, I should apply. And I'm so grateful for that. This group was meant to be. It was phenomenal watching them come together and grow and play and try new things and come way out of their comfort zone. I'm blessed and honored to be a part of that experience. I have so many lessons myself that I learned a lot of the struggles that this group of women were going through was around boundaries and family, setting boundaries with family. And that was a very powerful experience to be able to witness them share how each one of them can come into their highest selves by setting these boundaries but also being in their softness, also being in their flow. And of course, we did acro yoga to feel the physical embodiment of what it means to be in your masculine as the base and be in your feminine as the flyer. And also be in your inner child because everything you do at acro yoga, I feel, is uh, including and bringing out the inner child in each one of us. There's so much play. The food was delicious. The mala making workshop went even better than I ever could have imagined. It was so beautiful. 
and a lot of tears were shed. A lot of tears were shed throughout the entire weekend, just of all the realizations and the the meditations and what that brought up for people and the friendship. But definitely at the end when we all had to say goodbye. So I'm I'm recording this interview. Well, see, my language is going to be a little bit sporadic today. I'm just gonna say that. I've been talking all weekend long. I thought it'd be a great idea to save this podcast for after the retreat rather than before. Partly it is a great idea because I got to really focus on the retreat preparations beforehand. Also not such a good idea because I'm talked out and my brain is going kinda slow. So today I am going to speak on a topic that I feel will not be going to the most deep emotional depths and requiring of me to have fantastic diction, but instead will feel like something very natural and something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, but I just haven't created a podcast on it yet, and so today is the day. But before we head on over, I want to let you guys in on a little secret. I'm obsessed with FabFitFun. If you've been listening to the past recent episodes, you have heard about FabFitFun, It is a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. I just received their most recent box, and I have to tell you, my mind is blown by the integrity of the products. They are things that I would buy, absolutely, if I was out and about buying makeup or fitness products or anything with beauty because I very rarely go out and buy these little treats for myself unless I need them. So it's a really nice way to provide yourself with some self-care and some self-love and give yourself some goodies that you can you can indulge in because how often do we go out purposefully and buy things that we can indulge in? I think it's even cooler because it's delivered to you and it is seasonally. Every single box has a value of over 200, but it retails for $49.99. And even better, if you use the coupon code MINDBODY, all caps, you get $10 off your first box. So I'm going to encourage you to just go for it. Get one box, see how you like it. Does it bring a smile to your face? Do you have fun with it? Can you share the products with your bestie or your kids and just have a nice little self-care night or self-care morning? Give it a go. I think you will love it. So head on over to fabfitfun.com. Do not forget the coupon code MINDBODY for $10 off. You deserve to treat yourself. Treat yourself. Okay, let's dive on in to speaking with power by cutting out a few words and phrases. So where does this all begin? This need to water down our statements because we all do it, right? If you go into your inbox and you look at your sent emails, you will see most likely, unless you've been consciously working on this, you will see some emails that are overcompensating for what you're saying with exclamation points, with happy faces, with maybe a little bit of lingo that I will get into that waters down the power and the maybe even abruptness of what you're saying. And just in case it comes across as too serious or too demanding or too assertive, you spray all of this word vomit all over the place without without really realizing what you're doing. You use these filler words, you use these very unnecessary words that you think are really lightening this the sentence, the statement. It's lightening it up, it's making it less serious, it's making it more approachable because you don't want to offend anyone and you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. But yet, if you look at the way people send you emails, I am sure that those emails come across with power and assertion and they are very direct. Now, why is it that you can receive emails like that, but you cannot send emails like that? Or text messages. If you're breaking it off with someone that you've been seeing for a little bit of time and you write out a text to let them know that they are a great guy, but you're going in a different direction, why is the text five pages long? making sure they understand how wonderful of a person they are, but you're just not in a place where you feel it is a good fit or you can't date, but he's really, 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 really wonderful. And you just like, if it was just a different time or place, you probably match up and be perfect for each other. And you're a really great guy and you really deserve a great woman, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just not, why? Why do we feel the need to overcompensate for our truth? 
Why does it feel more comfortable to use filler words such as just, actually, kind of, sorry? Does that make sense, I think? Happy face, happy face, exclamation point. We're finding ourselves between saying something powerfully and holding ourselves back or stepping into our truth and saying something powerfully, but then backpedaling. Saying something such as, I feel stuck in my relationship and it's been hard on me because I feel a lot of feelings for this person I'm with, but they don't seem to understand me. Does that make sense? Does that, do you understand that? Does that make sense? I'm not actually asking you that. That's part of the example I'm giving. So saying something powerful and then saying immediately, does that make sense? So we're stepping into our truth and then backpedaling or we feel upset about something someone did But out of fear of then making them upset by you speaking your truth and speaking of this event and how it hurt your feelings, you put yourself down and say, maybe you're being overdramatic. Maybe you're being silly. Maybe this isn't a big deal, but it hurt you, but it's probably not a big deal. And I'm on my period and I'm feeling really emotional. This did hurt me, but please understand it's not about you. It's about me, blah, blah, blah. We don't go to a course or a classroom that teaches us powerful language 101. So I want you to understand this first and foremost. This is absolutely normal. You're not guilty of doing this. You are trained to do this. Since you were a child, especially you ladies who are listening, since you were a child, you have probably been told that you are sweet and cute and pretty. You are sweet, you are cute, you're pretty. Sweet and pretty and cute. All over everywhere. You're just sweet and you're cute. And so when we're told this growing up all the time from our dad, our rock, maybe, maybe not your rock, your mother, your nurturer, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, you begin to think, I am cute. I am sweet. I am kind. I am adorable. All of these lovely little fairy qualities, all the light shadow, you are so cute and sweet. And when you're told that all the time, you begin to think that you must be sweet. And on top of that, you get older and you're running on this programming of I must be sweet. And you are in the workforce and there's a woman who has some power in the workforce. And this woman, maybe she is stern, maybe she's assertive, maybe she's like those CEO women you see in the movies, in the media, typically, let's think of like, oh my God, this is a great example. The proposal, the proposal, she was like the scary lady boss because she was a woman on a, on a mission. Of course, she was blocked off to a little bit of love, but if that had been a different gender, if that had been a man basically doing the same exact things, No one would be calling her a bitch or this movie wouldn't be a big deal about this woman CEO being such a bitch, right? We, this word is often put on women who are speaking with assertion. Take a minute and pause and listen to the language you hear around you. When women call each other bitches, when men call a woman a bitch, Think about what they share as the example of what they actually did. I have been told by someone in my family, oh my God, this woman was such a bitch. And I asked why. Well, um, I walked past her and she just looked at me and said to me, "Um, I hope you're not like that other man who used to live inside of this studio complex. He wasn't very nice. Oh. I can't believe she said that to me. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm totally lost on how in any way, shape, or form this was bitchy. In fact, it seems like a very simple statement. Hey, I really hope that you are not like that other person that used to live in this complex because they weren't very nice. How come that automatically, that that strong, powerful, this is how I feel statement puts her down? What did you want her to say, family member? 
What would have made you happy? How would you like her to conform to your programming and your beliefs? That's what I want to say. I want to ask, what would make you happy for this person, this robot to say? If you could have anything in the world. And most likely if I asked that question, that person wouldn't speak at all. Right. And so when we hear these kind of things on repeat from our fathers, from our cousins, from our boyfriends, from our best friends, when we hear these kind of statements, oh, she was such a biatch because she said blah, blah, blah. And you don't stop and actually think about what that example was and question it. Um, you start to create your own programming that women who speak with power or women who speak assertively or women who don't cushion their words will be disliked. And you've been trained your entire life to be liked. Remember, you're, you're cute and pretty and sweet. It's not okay to not be liked. So you do everything you can to be liked. So I had this thing introduced to me. I had this distinction introduced to me that I want to share with you. This is by Steve Chandler, who is an author. He did a recording of something called the social self versus professional self. It blew my mind. The social self is the part of us, our basic programming pretty much by our parents. When we were born, our parents desired us to be socially acceptable to make the right friends, to have the correct reactions whenever we are delivered bad news, not to smile and laugh, but to look sad or disappointed, um, how to respond to people who hold out their hand, we know how to shake it, how to be kind to someone who is hurting so that we're seen as nice, how to approach someone at school if we have a question, how to form a question, that's your social self. It's how to coexist in society. It's our social cues, giving people personal space. We, we in America have our own idea of what personal space is versus people in Asia, and they have their own idea of what personal space is. We have our idea of what is respectful mannerism. Somewhere else has a different idea of respectful mannerism. In some places in Europe, it's way more socially acceptable to have what we would call pornography and nudity rather than, than crude language. Whereas in America, you see more crude language and violence than you do nudity. And there's a lot of uh, taboo around that. So based off of where you live, you have a different idea of what is socially acceptable. And that's your social self. In America specifically, I don't know how it is all over the world, but here I know that women really speaking with power is not necessarily socially acceptable. In fact, it's more likely that you have been taught to use these filler words that I'm about to go over and to use different forms of communication in order to lighten your sentence, lighten your statement, such as exclamation points and happy faces and follow-up text just to make sure they got the first text and they understand it and you didn't come across the wrong way. Uh, okay, so this only gets you so far in life. It can hold you back from creating the kind of relationship you want. It can hold you back from starting the kind of career you want. If you want to be in the public eye, if you want to be a speaker, a writer, you're going to have to share your truth. If you want to be a mom, you're going to have to share your truth. If you want to be a wife, if you want to be a girlfriend, if you want to be a boyfriend, if you want to be anything, really, um, and you want to get forward and ahead, you want to create something called the professional self. The professional self is the version of you that you create. So social self is basically the programming past you. Professional self is the version of you that you create. I didn't know any of this until my coach at the time started reading through some of my emails that I was sending to potential clients and noticing that I was totally out of alignment and integrity with my power. I was doing the exclamation points. I was overly friendly. I was being buddy-buddy. People who are looking for counseling or coaching or guidance, they want a healthy assertion. They want a healthy boundary. They want someone else where to meet them, when to meet them, how to meet them, how to dress, how to act. If you're looking for guidance, you are looking for someone else to tell you what to do, essentially. You're not looking for a friend. You're looking for someone you respect and look up to. I know I certainly do. I really enjoy stepping into the Omega role and allowing, not allowing, but letting someone else be the container, hold the space, be the masculine energy and 
that allows me to drop in to receiving, receiving help, receiving counseling, receiving coaching. And if you're trying to be a coach, but you're emailing everyone, giving over the container to them, you're saying, I'd like to, to to speak with you on Thursday, but what time will work for you? If you're the coach, you need to tell them when. This is when will work for me, and this is when will work for me. Which one will work for you? So giving options is great, but not giving the entire realm of leaving it up to them to decide. And, and, and this is a topic we can go way, way deep into how to present yourself as a coach to potential clients to make them feel safe, to help them drop in, to be the leader, because that's what you are. You are not the buddy-buddy and the friend alongside the journey. You are the masculine container, the alpha in that situation, so that they can drop in to receive, to learn, to feel safe, to feel that what you are saying is truth, is applicable to them. If you backpedal everything you say, they're never going to create a healthy trust with what comes out of your mouth. They're going to second guess everything you say because you're second guessing it first. I hope this is, is, is coming out clearly. Um, so the professional self is the version of you that you are creating. And this can apply to anyone, regardless of if you're trying to be a business owner or if you're um, not working at all. Doesn't really matter. Because creating a professional self comes in handy whether you're crafting a text to someone you're married to or interested in or an email responding back to someone that uh, sent you an email first or some, or maybe you're feeling triggered by someone and you want to address it. Social self versus professional self, very, very fascinating. So I'm going to give you a few things to think about in order to create this professional self. Re- remember, social self versus professional self, this distinction is not, I did not create this, Steve Chandler did. The words that I'm going to be pulling out and sharing with you have come partly from me and what I believe waters down a sentence. And when I say that, I just mean makes it less strong, makes it less powerful and potent. And also one of the first people who ever planted this seed in my brain and really got me thinking about my language was Tara Moore, who wrote the book Playing Big. There is an entire chapter on communicating with power. Playing Big is a fantastic book for everyone. Highly recommend it. Elizabeth Gilbert um, is also a fan of it. She she promotes the book like it's I would really, really recommend that if you're looking to step into your power more and your dreams, creating dreams, speaking with communication, um, becoming a leader in any sense, maybe just in your household, maybe just a leader of your own life. This is a fantastic book. I did have Tara Moore on the podcast. I will try to remember to put the show um, the show notes link on the show notes for this, but it's just maddiemoon.com slash Tara dash more. Okay, so here are some words. The number one, the first one I will say that I think um, is very easy to say, maybe the easiest word, you probably say it a minimum of a hundred times a day, and that's sorry. Sorry, sorry. We say sorry when someone else bumps us. We say sorry when our dog grabs a tree branch. (laughs) Like we do it all the time. We say sorry for no, it's just habit. I have seen people accidentally, um, I've had a few people in my, in my house and one time a girl almost walked into the coffee table and said, sorry, it's just automatic. Sorry, sorry. Why is this important? Why is any of this important? This is, a, this is very important because our language and how we write, the language we use, our language creates thoughts directly because we have to we write things down we think about them as we're writing them down we're thinking thoughts our thoughts create emotions when you're constantly writing a particular way or saying particular things you are having certain emotions that are coming up when you use that language because it's so powerful your emotions create your beliefs so never think that your language is no big deal it's very similar to how Some parents think they can say whatever and do whatever in front of their children when they're like zero years old all the way to four years old because they're they're not really absorbing what they're doing. But that's so false. In fact, from the ages of like zero to five, I think, or maybe a little bit older, but 
starting at age baby, zero, that is when they begin to form some of their most concrete beliefs. Most concrete. That's one of the most important times that you are selective about how you speak as a parent or how you treat them, how you hold them. Very similar with language. We think, oh, well, it just, it's just language. It's just what we're saying. That language is directly related to your beliefs. So if you have language that's saying you're not good at things all day long, oh, I'm not really that kind of person that can do that. Oh, I'm really too tired to be able to show up in that way. Oh, I'm really terrible at any kind of hand-eye coordination, whatever. Oh, I know you're way more busy than I am, but blah, blah, blah. It's really no big deal. Don't worry about it. Those kind of things. Um, when you're saying that, you're not just saying that, you're believing it, believing, like so deeply rooted. So when you're saying sorry all day long, you really start to believe that you are the reason that people are X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. If you're apologizing constantly, you're putting yourself down and they are on a pedestal. And it's just, it could just be life. Maybe you're just sorry for existing to life. Sorry, sorry. My body is in the way. My heart is in the way. My life is in the way. I'm in the way. When you're apologizing so consistently, you're saying you're in the way, whether you're popping into an email or your body is in the direct pathway of someone else walking. I remember one time I, I threw away a glass bottle at a trash can by Starbucks and I said sorry because a woman looked at me. My dad looked at me and he just goes, why are you sorry? That's totally my dad. Why are you sorry? Don't be sorry. Um, and it really pulled me out of that moment because to me it was just so normal. This was a few years ago, probably five years ago. Threw a bottle away, made a noise, looked over to a random woman. I had no idea who she was, but automatically I was very sorry for making a sound. Sorry for existing is essentially what I was saying. Never under underestimate the power of these words, no matter how small. They're important. So I want you to write that one down. That's number one in a very big opportunity for you to clean up your language is simply by starting with sorry. How often are you saying it in a day? Think about that. The next one is just. Hey, I just wanted to pop in your email. I just wanted to ask you a simple question. I just think you'd be better off if you didn't do blah, blah, blah. I just want to have this meal for dinner. Imagine saying, I want to have this meal for dinner. You would be better off without blah, blah, blah. I'm popping into your, your inbox. You hear the difference? Even, I mean, obviously I, I said those statements differently. One was said with a little bit more of anxiety and the other one was said with a little bit more power, but it changes the way the statement is interpreted. Those words matter. Just is a way to say, it's only a little bit. I just want to say this. I just, I want to say this. I will say this. I feel this way. It's with power. That's a huge one. That's the next most important one. The third one is actually. I actually feel like, I actually don't know about that. I actually want to eat before we go to the play. Actually, sounds like you're surprised by your own opinion. Actually, I feel blah, blah, blah. But in fact, you're probably not surprised by your own opinion. And actually also makes it sound like you're about to disagree with whatever the other person's saying, which it might not be a disagree. It might just be your personal feelings that you're contributing to the pot of feelings. They have one, you have one, you're contributing. It doesn't have to be a disagreement and it doesn't have to be a, pol a polar opposite of whatever they're saying. It doesn't have to be an either or. The next one is, does that make sense? Does that make sense? I feel like I want to eat pizza, but I also really want Thai. Does that make sense? That's a really simple statement, but there are a lot more intricate things that we say on a daily basis and follow it up with, does that make sense? In fact, some people say it so automatically on auto response. You don't even realize it. Does that make sense? If you listen, I don't want to, I don't want you to go crazy because I've certainly done this, but if you go to podcasts and you listen, there are certain phrases you'll hear people say all the time. One of them that I hear 
so often is, does that make sense? After saying a powerful statement, a podcaster will go on this entire thing, power, 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 and then say, does that make sense? What this is doing is asking for validation from the receiver. You share, you share, you share, but then you're not sure if it's valid or if it is truthful or if what you're saying is even on point with anything. Like you're double checking. Is that on point? Is that right? Um, research, this is from Playing Big. Research shows that women who speak this way are seen as less knowledgeable and less influential about their topic. They're not confident. Who is going to really allow themselves to believe what you're saying? You could say something really powerful about self-love and a person listening who doesn't have much self-love in their life could really benefit from you sharing your powerful statements on self-love. But if you follow everything up with, with does that make sense and you're coming across a second guessing what you're saying, well, they sure as heck are going to second guess what you're saying. And I think that's very spot on that research shows women who speak this way are less knowledgeable and influential. They might be more knowledgeable and influential, but the simple fact that they are asking for this double check every single time they say something powerful makes them appear less powerful. So I say this in some coaching sessions. I say this in some of my days. I'm not perfect. And sometimes I definitely do intend to double check that what I'm saying is coming across because I'm reading faces that are unreadable at times and I want to check in. So it's not necessarily that this is coming from a bad place or always coming from an insecure place. Sometimes it's coming from a place of having amazing intentions, just wanting to make sure everyone is on the same page. My request is that you're conscious of how you use it and when you use it. And don't let it come across as, does that make sense? You see how rushed that is? Instead, ask within, with intention, such as, does this make sense to everyone in the room? Is it marinating well? Is it sinking in? Are you following what I'm saying? Or do I need to go back and rephrase anything? Does anyone have any questions? Those are some great ways to phrase that. Simply be intentional when you use that. Do not use it after every single statement. It's a filler word. It's a filler phrase. It's filling that awkward space between when you say something and you receive feedback. So instead of just cutting off what you are saying, your question, you quickly fill it in with something like that to get that space filled because it feels less awkward rather than just ending somewhere uh, assertive and powerful. I feel this way. This is how I feel. Silence. The silence is uncomfortable. That's why we fill it with stuff like this. The next one is kind of obvious. Um, oh, man, I just... So, <laughs> okay, so instead of cutting that out of the podcast and trying to act all perfect, there you go. Kind of. That is the next one I was going to share. Kind of. So what I could have said is the next one I feel is obvious or the next one is obvious. Um, kind of is a way to diminish what we are saying, to water it down, to make it less powerful. So sometimes what I will do in my, with my clients is I'll call them out on it. And I feel that it probably triggers them, but it's okay. My job is not to avoid the triggers. If I avoided the triggers, I would not be doing my job. Please keep that in mind. It is not your job to sugarcoat everything you say to make sure others do not feel uncomfortable. In fact, being uncomfortable is a great service to others. Not uncomfortable and I'm going to move closer and put my hand on your knee kind of way. Uncomfortable as in... Letting another person figure out their own process and not trying to process it for them. Maybe you said something that did make them feel insecure. It's not your job to sugarcoat everything you say to make sure everyone feels warm and fuzzy. That will be exhausting to you and they will never learn and grow. Just wanted to say that. Just wanted to say that. <sighs> wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, the words, these words. Um, okay, kind of. Kind of is a way that we, again, backpedal a bit. We'll say, we'll want to say something, but we use the word kinda to make it smaller. 
think about the word kinda. It's, it's a little bit, kinda. There's a little bit there that I feel that way. Rather than fully, I feel this way. The next one is obvious. Like, right, these statements can be said with so much more power. Instead of using kind of, you say, this is how I feel. It might not be fully. You don't have to fully feel that way, but kind of is a meaningless, pointless. No one is paying attention to those two little words. They're paying attention to what you kind of feel like. They want to know what the thing is, the emotion is, the thought is. The next one is like. This is a word we use all the time. I don't necessarily think this is a word we use to make our sentences smaller. I, th- I believe this is just a word. See, I'm not perfect. I'm probably saying just quite a bit, and I will. I'll let that go. Um, I'm not going to call myself out every single time I use it. But I am in my head, so I'm hearing when I'm doing this. And again, we are not perfect. This exercise is not meant to drive ourselves crazy, okay? This is meant to help us be more intentional with our speech, with our communication with others, especially when we're saying something powerful, not when we're just talking, when we're only talking, but when we are speaking with an air of assertion and we're wanting to get a point across. Please don't drive yourself crazy. Obviously, I am saying a few of these words and I'm going to let myself continue to say some of these words, but be conscious of it. So, What I was going back to, like is a word we just throw in all the time. It has no point. It has no purpose. It's distracting. That's a great word to get started on. If you just want to speak with more power, start with like. I remember when I started podcasting, like was a word that I used quite often. And podcasting had to encourage me to let go of some of these words so that whatever I said could come across more intentionally. There are certain words I've used over the past four years that I've realized are diminishing the power of what I'm saying. And what it has required of me is to talk slower. When I am very particular about saying something, such as right now, when I am very particular about saying something that will get across, I speak slower. Rather than just speaking really, really fast, because then I'll just use all these words and kind of and like and actually and sorry, it'll come out, it'll spill out because I'm talking fast. But if I speak slower, I'm slowing down, I'm dropping into the moment, I'm easing into my feminine flow, and I can create a stronger masculine container when I do it this way. I don't feel rushed. I've never known a leader who really embodies the feminine and the masculine and power and that um, healer leader type of energy who rushes through everything they say. They speak with intention and they speak slower. Sometimes they get hyped up and I love it. But when something important needs to be said, they take their time because this kind of importance cannot be rushed. Those are a few things I want you to think about. Another thing especially when you're writing emails, is disclosing before you get into whatever you want to say with something along the lines of, I know you're probably super busy, but I just wanted to pop into your inbox to ask you this quick question. Hear how small that sounded? Rather than saying, hi, Madeline, hi, Maddie, or whoever you are emailing, I wanted to pop into your inbox today to share with you this question rather than I just wanted to pop in with a quick question again saying I won't take up much of your time. I know you're super busy. If, if they know that you don't need to say it. You're busy too. You have a life too. When you say I, I know you're super busy it's basically saying their time is more valuable than, than yours. I know you're probably super busy You're apologizing for entering their inbox. Don't apologize. Enter their inbox. If they are super busy, they will archive the email or come back to it later. They'll take care of it. They don't need you to recognize it. Really, they don't. I once received an email from someone that said something along the lines of, 
Madeline, I know you're super busy, but I wanted to just pop in for a quick moment. I am a writer. And then in parentheses, she said, well, at least I'm trying to be ha 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 ha. I would really just love and appreciate if I could write something for your website. I know it's probably not something you do often, but it would mean a great deal to me. Please take a look at what I have attached in this. I know I'm not the best writer. I'm really still learning, um, but it would just be so cool and amazing to be published on Maddie Moon's website. Like it just went on and on and on of making this request with all of these filler words and also downplaying her gift. So of course I didn't accept that article. I'll just be blunt. Of course I didn't. I didn't even read it because I... I'm human, and if I'm reading something like that, I'm automatically going to feel very turned off because there is no power in this. That kind of language, that kind of energy isn't, what's the word, intriguing to me or seductive, so to say. If she had written me and said she was a writer, not at least trying to be ha ha ha, if she said, I am a writer, I love your work and would be honored to be published on your website, here is my work, please take a look at it. Like that's powerful. And then I would see, oh, she's a peer. She's a peer. She's a writer. She, she's doing work in the world. But when you enter someone's inbox and you do not see yourself as a peer and you make double, 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 sure, they don't see you as a peer either. They're not going to consider your work as a peer. Instead, it feels like a favor. And this business of mine is not based off of favors, it's based off of integrity. I wanna bring on board writers to my website and join my team or um, bring on podcast guests who I know can speak clearly. Writers who can get their message across, who feel good about their writing. When someone tells me they want me to bring them on the show or submit their, or accept their article on my website, but they obviously don't think that it's that great. I'm not going to think it's that great. That's just how the human brain works. And I don't have too much time to slow down and dissect what their language means about them and if they really are coming across with power, but they're just a little bit afraid and then I'll give them some free coaching. No, I don't have time. I wish, really wish I could, but I don't. And that simple shift will bring you so many opportunities. I share this with you, this very specific Detail, because all of us have been there. I have been there. When I reached out to Mark Manson, I'm sure it was along those lines. I know I had done some cleaning up, but I really saw Mark Manson. I was like, the man, way, 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 way up there, me down here. I'm lucky if he gives me a chance to speak with him. I don't write emails like that anymore because I know where it gets me versus where I write as a peer. I'm encouraging you, no matter where you are in your life, no matter if you've never written a blog post before or you've never been on a podcast, if you can craft an email with power and come across with power as someone who knows what they're saying and not backpedaling, the person reading the email will not think you're a backpedaler. They will see you as a peer, as a colleague. Even if you don't have credentials, write as if you do. Write with the power. No one was served by beating someone else to the punchline and putting them down themselves down first. That's why we do this, you know? We put ourselves down first out of fear someone else is going to see the truth of us, that we're not a great writer, that we are taking up space in their inbox, that we are less busy than them. We're afraid to be called out on those things, so we beat people to the punchline and we plant a seed in their brain that was never even there. I never think, oh, I'm busier than this person. Unless someone else tells me, basically saying, I know you're super busy. Then I'll think it. But other than that, I'll never think that. I automatically assume that if you're coming into my inbox, you have something to say. Whether I get back to you might depend on my, my busyness, to be honest. Sometimes it depends on how you're speaking to me in your, in your emails. If you are just uh, coming in, making a whole bunch of requests for a favor, or if you are seeing us side by side as collaborators and you can offer me something as well. That's a different podcast, but it's important whenever you're writing these emails to let the person know you're making the request from that they can see how they would be benefited by your work. It's not just about you getting on someone's site, but it's actually also, it is also about you providing insight 
for their audience and that you have something other people don't. Again, another podcast, another time. All right, tools. I'm going to leave you with just a few tools. One, there is a plugin called Just Not Sorry for Gmail. Download this, download this, download this. It underlines all of these watering down filler words and phrases in red. It will help you clean up your emails. It's a miracle. It's a godsend. I'm so grateful to this Gmail uh, plugin. So good. It's called Just Not Sorry. I will put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Next tool, close your computer, close your laptop, put away your phone when you feel reactive or you feel anxious by something someone sent you. You will not come across in your power if you feel triggered or anxious, no matter what, unless you're just genius. Um, Normally, you will feel, you will come across as either defensive or on the offense or fearful or you will put down yourself. Give yourself some space to think about how you want to respond. Calm down, cool down. We all need to do this from time to time, especially us fire signs. We can be very reactive. So there's nothing wrong with giving yourself some breathing room. If you have anxiety, just know that this email will be here. Nothing bad will happen. Experiment. See if you can Read an email that triggers you in some way, put it down, you go through your process, you feel your feelings, and then come back to it later when you feel prepared to respond and with a clear head, and you're ready, if you have that plugin, to do the work to craft a very nice email. If you don't have the, the time or the calm mindset in order to craft a nice email, you don't have at least 10 minutes to work on your wording and make it come across exactly how you want it to, then don't wait. That brings me to the next one. Be intentional with every email. I spend 10 to 15 minutes per email and I get a lot of emails. Many times I read them a few times through because I want to make sure that I get the tiny little details that these people are sharing with me. It's very easy to skim through emails when you're receiving a lot Um, But now I am very intentional with reading them and with responding. I want my responses to acknowledge those little details people share with me because they are big details to them. And if I'm only trying to get through to the end of the email so I can quickly craft a response, what I share back will not be in, in alignment with what they shared to me. I'll probably only catch some of the, I'll only catch the things they said that I wanna see. Maybe if it's someone that wants to work with me, I'll just notice the line, yes, coaching sounds like a good idea, but I will miss the line about their parents just getting a divorce that week or their dog dying. I need to slow down and be intentional with every email, and the same goes with texting. Very intentional with texting. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm reactive. Sometimes I might say something that it's in all caps if I'm mad or use exclamation points. But the more that I put my phone away and the more I give myself some breathing room, in fact, the more that I get on the phone, uh, that serves me greatly. But sometimes writing out things for, is better than the phone because you, you can give yourself that time to craft what you really want to say. The last one, you're not going to succeed at this in a day. You learned to speak this way your entire life. You're not going to change it overnight. You're not going to change it within a month. It's going to take time. I've been working on this language and using this plugin and getting on a podcast once a week to give myself an opportunity to sharpen my language for years. Give yourself grace as you go through this journey and give yourself space, the space you need to do it. The the fourth tool is to catch yourself when you say these things and playfully laugh it off and rephrase it. This is not a way to, again, backpedal your brilliance and downgrade yourself and water down your statements. Don't let this become something that you beat yourself up for because then... None of this is even worth it. That just means you end up with double the repression of your power. Instead, laugh it off. Give yourself a chance to laugh at the silliness of being a woman in this society and the kind of language we use. Um, Don't take it too seriously. If you say, does that make sense? You can laugh and say, of course that makes sense. Why did I say that? That's funny. Anyways, blah, 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 and repeat yourself again. If you say kind of or just, it's fine. It's fine. I said it many times in this podcast. Start small and start with your with the moments and the conversations and the texts and the emails that are 
very important to you. If you're saying something to someone that you've been hurt or if you're responding to someone that's saying they're hurt or you are making a request or you're reaching out to a writer to send over an article, those are the opportunities for you to really get clear on how to come across with power. Don't try to do it with every single sentence or you'll never talk and you'll just be a mime and that won't be fun either. So take your time with this. Start small, which means actually, actually, which means start big. Start with the big things, the big topics, the big conversations in your life. That's the best place to start of where you want to be in power. Now remember, you can be warm and be assertive. There is a way to do so. You can be in your masculine energy and and be assertive and be strong and provide structure in your group circles and your family and your coaching and your business. You can be that way. You can have that strong spine while also having a warm, soft heart. If you have any spiritual teachers or coaches in your life, they are most likely a great example of this. Yashoda Devi Ma, my meditation teacher, is a wonderful example of this. That girl knows how to set boundaries like no one I've ever met. She's amazing, but she's so warm. She's a meditation teacher. She's full of love for everyone. I have many people in my life who are wonderful examples to me of being warm and assertive. I hope to be that for anyone listening to this show. Um... We are all human, we are not perfect, and this is a journey for all of us, but what we can do is strive to move more in this direction so that we can also raise strong young girls to be more than just sweet and pretty, but also to be assertive and strong. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Again, this is episode 205. I will make sure to have all the links we mentioned today, which were a lot, on the show notes for this episode. Stay tuned for next week. We have a tremendous guest. I can't wait to speak with her. You're going to learn a lot more, something different than what we've been talking about recently too. So get excited for that. See you guys on the flip side. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.